Hello everybody, welcome back. <coughs> this week is Parshas Vayikra, it's also Parshas Zohar. And we're going to work through the halachas of Purim, with the exception of Mishleach Manas, because that we addressed last time uh, we gave a shear. So, to start with Tainus Esther, um, pregnant and nursing women don't have to fast, even if it's at the very beginning of a pregnancy. Um, Tainus Esther actually differs from other Tanesim and it's more lenient than the other Tanesim. So, in as far as other Tanesim are concerned, with the exception of Yom Kippur, if a person is sick, which means he's sick enough to go to bed, um, then they don't have to fast. But other kind of ailments don't absolve you of fasting, whereas by Tainus Esther, even lesser ailments can absolve you of fasting, like an earache or something like that. So, if a person is suffering from anything on Tainus Esther, it's Kedai, to call um, a Rav and find out if you do need to fast or not, because again, Tainus Esther is a lot, um, a lot less stringent. The Tainus begins at um, Alois Hashachar, which is it's in the Shavashit. You can see the time over there, and you could wake up before you're supposed to have, ideally have in mind before you go to sleep that you're planning on waking up, which I guess most people do, um, and. Uh, and then, and then you could eat before the fast. If you're a men, are not supposed to eat mezainus or hamaitzi, not supposed to wash within a half hour of a lice. That's because of chakras concerns. But for a woman, there's no such restriction, so you can eat anything you want up till the time of a lice. It's uh, if you look on a uh, website to find out what the time of a lice is, you'll find it to be a little confusing, as there are a number of different opinions. What exactly, how we calculate a lice? Some calculated according to degrees. Some calculated according to minutes, 72 minutes before nates. Um, and uh, it's it's a little it is a little confusing at those times. Sometimes one is earlier and sometimes one is later. We generally work with the degrees, which is pretty much the accepted opinion these days in halacha that that's that's the the alois that you work with. <clears throat> if someone eats mistakenly during a tainus, you should continue fasting. You actually have to fast the rest of the day, even though you ate um, mistakenly. On this fast day, and on any fast day, a person shouldn't use mouth, mouthwash or brush the teeth. However, if a person is suffering, um, and it really, really bothers them, they could. But what they should do is they should like face their head downwards. They shouldn't rinse with water, obviously, and, and, um, and then use as little as possible. <clears throat> Um, now, at, at night and in the morning as well, ideally a person is not supposed to eat before hearing the Megillah. Now, this is all very fine and well if you're able to attend the first Megillah laning and you're feeling okay, so then you, you know, the truth is we're going to start Megillah laning, the fast won't even really be over yet. It'll be over basically just as we begin Megillah laning. So it's not even going to be an option to eat for the first um, Kriyasa Megillah. However, uh, if as as typically with with most women, they won't be able to get to the first Megillah laning, so you don't have to fast until after you hear finish the second Megillah laning, and you could break your fast. Um, you should avoid eating mezainus or washing, but you could you could drink and eat something like you know hadama or, or shahakal, anything like that. That's fine. Um, in the morning as well, you can have a coffee, but uh, also you should rather not eat before you hear Megillah um, in the morning. <clears throat> As far as Megillah laning is concerned, men and women are obligated equally to hear the entire Megillah from beginning to end, 
we're also obligated to mechanach our children to listen to Megillah. Now, as with everything else, how do we know when our children are of the appropriate age that we're obligated to be mechanach them? And the answer is when they are able to sit quietly and listen to the whole Megillah. So if you know that your child is not, uh, and therefore likely to disturb minimally you or, or, or other people, then that, that indicates they're not really old enough for chinuch of Megillah, and then you should rather not uh, bring them along, if that's an option. If you came a few minutes late to Megillah laning, um, so that can be a problem. So typically, if you missed the brachas, so essentially what you should do is make the brachas on your own, and um, and then try to catch up with the Balkari, because you are allowed to read out of a Chumash or out of a Siddur, um, as long as you know the majority of the Megillah you hear from a, 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 an authentic Megillah, you're allowed to read a little bit and catch up. So that's permitted. The problem is is that it's not a practical solution because the Balkari tends to read very, very quickly, um, and it's very hard to keep up without practice. So... In, in, in uh, practically speaking, if you do come a few minutes late and you miss the brachas, you're probably just better off not making brachas and just making sure you hear the whole Megillah uh, at risk of making the bracha and then not being Yaitzah Megillah and having to hear the whole thing again besides making a bracha of Atala. So if you, if you came a little late, as long as you didn't miss any words in the beginning, you just listen to the Megillah. If you did miss words in the beginning, try to catch up. If you can't catch up, then just go home because <laughs> you're not being you can't be yaitza and make get make it to another Megillah laning or or have someone else have someone else be might to you. If you uh, if you missed a couple of words in the middle, there again you should try to uh, read and catch up. And generally, the reason why a person would miss, miss words in the middle is because uh, banging by Haman or someone making noise. And in the middle, by the Balkari stops when they bang Haman. So usually you do have an opportunity to catch up. <clears throat> and it's important not to doze while listening to Megillah. Dozing is a problem. Uh, spacing out is less of a problem. If you actually space out for the majority of the Megillah, that might be an issue. But but if as long as you're you're there for most of it, that's fine. But dozing actually could be an issue. Um, dur- during the day, when you hear the brachis on the Megillah, and you hear the Shehechiyanu, it's ideal to have in mind that that Shehechiyanu applies to the mitzvahs that you're going to be doing during the day of Purim, which is the Sudas Purim, Mishlech Manis, and Matanas Lavyanim. So it's good to have that um, in mind. The bracha that's imprinted in the Sidurim after Mikra Megillah, Haravis Rivenu, that's only said when you have a minion of men, and the Balkaira is the only one who says it. But Shoshanas Yaakov, you can always say, even if you're uh, at home, anywhere, anytime, Shoshanas Yaakov can be said. The mitzvah of Matanas Lavyanim, is to give monetary gift to two poor people. There is no clear minimum amount, but we tend to the 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 thinking is, is that you should give enough to buy a basic uh, suda, like a sandwich, I guess, a deli sandwich. So about five dollars per per person uh, would be sufficient. So that means every adult should be giving ten dollars to to for the sake of matanas levyanim, and then your yaitza, your mitzvah of matanas levyanim. And then any additional money, which you, that we should, this is a big Indian to give to Duck on Purim, so any additional money you give can actually come out of Miser. But that original $10 for per person can't come out of Miser money. That has to be a separate, uh, just for the sake of Matanas Lavyainim. Children, it's not, it's not the custom to be Mechanach children with Matanas Lavyainim because they don't have money, they're not really obligated. Um, it's nice to give them the money to give to a poor person, that kind of chinuch we could do, but for them to have to give, you know, to give them money on their behalf, you, you don't have to do that. 
the money, uh, we try to distribute the money to the poor people on Purim, and over here in, in Silver Spring, largely that's done, but you should understand that your yaitza the mitzvah, even if that doesn't happen, really all that's necessary is that it becomes the property of the poor person on Purim. So if someone's collecting Matanus Lavyanim, and then he does a process called zechia, which means he makes it the possession of the of the poor person on Purim, your yaitza the mitzvah, the poor person doesn't actually have to get it. And the truth is, is that in the practice of Gabay Tzedakah is that it's a lot of times better to do that because uh, it's not always helpful both on the side of the Bali Tzedakah and both on the side of the Ani to get a huge flux of cash in one shot when it would be much more helpful if it would be um, spread out throughout the year when needs come up. And both the Gabay Tzedakah will have the funds to address them and also, you know, they won't have that huge influx of cash as we all know that has a tendency to disappear quickly. <clears throat> uh, so th- that being the case, you can be to this mitzvah with any of the organizations that represent poor people. And that's as far as Matanas Levyanim is concerned. But again, on Purim, it's a mitzvah to give all kinds of tzedakah. So you give the original amount that you give, the $10, $20, you give it towards definitely for poor people, but then it's a mitzvah to support all kinds of organizations. The people, uh, you know, in Ukraine, obviously, yeshivas, all the kinds of mitzvahs, those are all included in the general mitzvah of giving tzedakah on Purim. So it doesn't have to be limited to poor people. Obviously, they're at the, for, at the forefront, but it can, tzedakah should be uh, spread to, to all the needs of Klai Yisrael on, uh, on Purim. Soon as Purim is meant to begin, uh, obviously before Shkia, <clears throat> and the um, uh, Bishabura says that you should try to ha- schedule the majority of your meal should be by day, uh, not necessarily so customary. Many people are noyig. They just start the suda right before shkia, but then they stretch it out to the night because the night is also shushan purim, so it kind of plays in. Um, the obligation is to wa- to wash, and it's also an obligation to eat fleshigs, as you know, if some someone that enjoys fleshigs. If you forget al anisim, whether by benching or by davening, you don't go back. Um, even if you just finish the bracha in davening or in benching, you don't go back. You could say it as in harachamon, in the end of benching, and in davening um, similarly. So that uh, that sums up the, the halachas of, of Purim.